everyone! Welcome to Chi Alpha After Hours, where we take a closer look at what it means to follow Jesus on the university campus. I'm Cassie, your host today, but I'm here with Christian because he's going to share his testimony with us. We hope that what you learn from his story will be encouraging to you in your own faith journey. So Christian, thanks for being willing to share your testimony with us. Yeah. I'm so excited. All right. Great. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Um, so obviously you're here on the podcast a lot, um, and that's great. But how about you introduce yourself by sharing what you do on staff here at OSU? Yeah. So um, so I'm actually the director of the ministry. Whoa. So I, I'm the leader. You're so the boss man. I'm the boss man. I, I was the <laughs> one who told Cassie to do the podcast, you know. That's and, true. Um, so um, I also am re- responsible for like, I'm like the primary teacher um, on Fridays and or for fellowship time and uh, just give vision and I support the staff a lot. I, I spend a lot of my time meeting with the staff, making sure they're doing well um, and just love hanging around with everybody. So mm-hmm. hopefully everyone, if you're out there, you can stop by, say hi to me. I love talking to everybody. <laughs> That's good. I'm interruptible. This would be a rough job if you didn't like people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It'd so be it's pretty good rough. that you like people. We like working with you, Christian. Um, hey, thanks. Hey, so you have a fun story of how you came to follow Jesus and what he's done in your life since then. Um, so where do you want to start? It's super fun. That's the truth. <laughs> I don't know how fun it is. <laughs> I but, use the word fun, yeah. even if it's not fun. So Divertida. Yeah, very fun. So, um, yeah, so, you know... Actually, it's weird because my name is Christian. Mm -hmm. So I always get a lot, oh, man, your parents, they must have been really Christian. Um, But actually, my parents, um, I was born in 1984. In 1983, a movie came out called Mutiny on the Bounty. And one of the main characters in there um, is played by by Mel Gibson, who was a really big actor back then. Mm -hmm. And he played this guy named Mr. Christian. And Mr. Christian um, led the mutiny and took over the ship. So he wasn't like a super good character. You know, but <laughs> my parents just like the name mostly. And we're like, okay. yeah. And maybe they like Mel Gibson too. Mm-hmm. So, And I like Mel Gibson. He's fun. You know? So <laughs> anyway, so, but I was, I was raised in like a, a, a really like moral family, like a um, very conservative um, family that um, my parents met in the military. So um, they were very much like, we have to have good morals. There's like a, duty is a big deal. You know, in my family, um, my brother's a pilot. I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. My other brother's a firefighter. Um, mm-hmm. My sister, she's in the Netherlands, so she's kind of <laughs> out there, you know, so, but she works with a, she does like works in a regular, like a uh, office mm-hmm. working, um, for a business, but like the idea of civic service is really mm-hmm. big. So like serving is a big deal in my family. Um, so we grew up in a family environment like that. And so we would go to church a few times. Mostly it would be like, you know, special occasions, mm-hmm. like maybe a, a family member was in town. Um, my dad, every now and then, would be like, oh, man, we got to get these kids better morals. So he'd take mm-hmm. us to the Lutheran church down the street okay. or something. You know? so, so neither so, of your parents were Christians? Not really. My, my dad would say, like, he was Lutheran, but, um, you know, he – but really it was just more about, like – having a good life, like okay. moral, like being moral. Like Christian values. Some kind of Christian okay. value, yeah. Okay. So so it wasn't really like, he wasn't really dedicated to Jesus, you know, at this point in time in his life. And um, so 
Uh, so we moved around a lot, uh, not because they were in the military. They, they met in the military, but once they had me, I'm the oldest. They moved out to Colorado. My dad um, ended up becoming a teacher. And then um, the place that he, his first teaching job, it kind of fell through because the town went through some economic hardships. Mm-hmm. So he got laid off. And then he, we went up to Washington State, up to Washougal, Washington. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Say that a couple times. Washougal, Washington. It's like not far from Portland. It's pretty close to Portland. But this is like a small town. Yeah. It's a super small town. Yeah. yeah. And um, and the thing is, too, is like right next to another town called Camas. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and Camus has this paper mill, a really big paper mill. And a lot of the managers, and this is when I was growing up in the in the 90s. There, um, Most of these people listening weren't even born in the 90s. Oh, man. That's so such a weird <laughs> – I'm not that old, actually. So anyway, but here – like, so here we were. We, we moved to Washougal. And um, while Camus had all these, like, factories that had the factory jobs, most of the managers, they lived in Camus. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the workers – lived in Washougal, and that's where my dad taught high school. And my mom ended up being a teacher, too. Mm-hmm. And so um, we actually were kind of with a lot of, like, blue-collar people. Like, mm-hmm. And so my parents were kind of maybe more on the educated side in town. And and I, I would notice that because a lot of the people, a lot of my friends, I'd go to their houses. Um, and, you know, in middle school, late elementary school, a lot of the friends I was with, um, they were starting to experiment with drugs, um, at an early age, you know, um, it was pretty common for like high schoolers to be living with each other in their parents' houses. Mm-hmm. Like one of my best friends, his, um, his like older sister who was maybe a sophomore or junior in high school had her boyfriend living at their house, wow. you know? So it was just a pretty, like, just a pretty blue collar place and, um, sex and access to alcohol and drugs, cigarettes, mm-hmm. all that stuff was, was pretty readily available. And so, um, so I would notice that like in my friends were, had pretty dysfunctional families. Um, but my family was pretty like put together, you know, my mom and my dad, they never fought ever. And I remember, um, that this just became a huge part of my identity. It was like, my family is stable. And, um, and, uh, Did I that remember isolate you from the other people or you said they were your friends. So yeah, they were my friends. So yeah. I didn't, I mean, I wasn't like, you know, one good quality is I don't tend to like, like I'm not, I know I'm not that big a deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so that was kind of nice. So okay. I, I didn't really think of myself as like, you know, better than mm-hmm. my friends, but I did take a lot of like esteem out of the fact that my family was pretty stable, Okay. you know? And so, um, you know, and I liked being with my friends whose families weren't stable because we could go, if I wanted to do something that was like nefarious or bad, you know, we'd just go to their house. Sure. You know what I mean? So, um, so I mean, there was like in, you know, my little kid body, there was some good reasons to have bad friends, <laughs> friends with bad family members, you know, like, okay. um, so, so we would, um, so anyway, I remember one day, like what really kind of crystallized my attitude was, um, I was on the bus and there was another kid on the bus that um, I didn't like. I didn't like him because he was a skater and he usually had baggy pants. And I didn't really like the baggy Man. pants, you know, trying to be like part of my own crew, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't like the skaters. But he said, um, I heard him say like to a friend of his on the bus, he said, hey, my mom is divorcing my stepdad. It's my third stepdad. Whoa. And I remember thinking, 
No wonder that kid's such a loser. His family's like messed up. Mm-hmm. Man, that's why I'm not a loser like this guy, you know? And I just, I, I there was no sympathy there. Like it was just like, oh, my family's the reason why I'm healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so glad I'm not a loser like that guy. That's basically what came out too. And um, that was in sixth grade. And then about halfway through my seventh grade year, my parents like sat me down, sat our whole family down and they said they were separating. Mm -hmm. And my family had never argued. Like my, my mom and dad had never argued in front of us. Mm -hmm. So it was very shocking. Yeah. Like we weren't ready for it at all. And uh, so, and then they, it wasn't like, like it wasn't like unpeaceful and like a like abusive sense or anything, but it definitely wasn't like a cordial thing. So like mm-hmm. they stopped talking to each other. They they didn't like each other anymore mm-hmm. at all. And um, and so my mom ended up moving up to um, Lake Stevens, Washington, which is just like about an hour and a half north of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, um, I was like, you know, 13 at the time. Yeah. And uh, were you with her? I, I ended up going with her. Yeah. I was thinking for a while because I was like, man, I like my bros. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. I, I felt like such a high allegiance to my friends. Um, but in the end, I ended up going with them just because what happened was like when your parents get divorced and I'm sure so many people out there like can feel this too. Like, but like my experiences, especially as the oldest when your parents get divorced, you just take on like a certain new level of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and I wouldn't even say it's like a real responsibility. Like I just thought now, Oh, I've got to watch out for my sisters. And there was this added pressure, my sister and my brothers, like I just felt this added pressure to like watch over them and make sure they were okay. Mm-hmm. The truth is I never fed them. I didn't really do a lot <laughs> yeah. for them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but I just felt this pressure, like, and it, it ultimately came down to, I don't think I can trust my parents anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just something I was wrestling through as a seventh, eighth grader. And, and what ended up happening was it made me more responsible of a person. Mm-hmm. That was one really positive moment of it was that it, one positive thing was that, you know, I was going around with my friends and we were just doing a lot of bad stuff. But all of a sudden now I was like, whoa, I need to get responsible. And and it made me really angry at my parents. And I was just like, I'm never going to be like my parents. I'm never getting a divorce. And I'm not going to make the mistakes they made. And I just started. And I, and I st- that's when I, if ever it was a time I started getting really prideful, it was that point in time I was starting to be like, I'm not letting anyone beat me. I'm like, I'm always going to outperform everybody else. So I was like very polite and very kind, but it was always to like kind of outshine somebody else or to with the attitude of like making somebody else not seem kind or um and maybe even especially my parents like i would try to act in a way that would make them look worse um so yeah so that's that's what i was going through um but one of my friends down in washugal that one of my best friends that i had made is a guy named ryan gilbert and um before you know we were good friends growing up and i moved away so i hadn't seen him for a while and it was about like halfway through my freshman year of high school he said hey christian you know he called me up and he's like we haven't seen each other for a while what if you came to this like summer camp with us i was like man i would love to hang out with you it's a summer Mm -hmm. camp yeah they have water skiing and stuff Mm -hmm. and and he's like you know it's a christian camp through our church but man i'd love it if you came and so I ended up saying, yeah, I'd go. Um, and I asked my mom if I could go. And she was like, I'm not paying for that. 
because she just mm-hmm. didn't like Christians. She went to a Halloween service. One time she went to a, ha- a service in um, October mm-hmm. at a Lutheran church, and the guy talked about how Halloween was – the pastor talked about how Halloween was like a really evil holiday. Uh-oh. And just so you guys know, I, I'm like – that's like a – I know there's like a lot of convictions on that. Like lots of people have different things. Mm-hmm. I don't tend to be like overly intense about that. You know, like mm-hmm. people just, a lot of times Halloween's just about candy. But my mom was like, loved Halloween. She's like, mm-hmm. Halloween's the best, you know? And so this Lutheran pastor kind of went really hard on it mm-hmm. and was like, Halloween is of the devil. Mm-hmm. It's bad. And my mom was like, I'm never going to a church again. Whoa. And, uh, that's when we stopped going to that church because mm-hmm. my dad's like, well, okay, I guess we won't go anymore, you know? Yeah. So, and it's not like we went a lot before that, but then it's like this time, it's done cool. deal, you know? So mm-hmm. she said, well, I'm not paying for you to go to any Christian camp. And so okay. I um, asked my dad if he'd pay. He's like, I, I could pay for half of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And so I don't, I, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I went to the youth pastor of this church that I didn't live in the same city as like, Whoa. and I asked like, well, you know, I heard there's some scholarships for this. And, mm-hmm. and the youth pastor said, you know what? I think we can cover you to go. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, that's amazing. Wow. You know? And so they put up the other half, the church mm-hmm. put up the other half of um, me going. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to this camp and I got on the bus and I was like, well, this isn't very, they're not going to be doing a lot of praying and stuff. Are they? Right. <laughs> uh, if I said that to my friend, my friend, like, it's not, it's not going to be like, super christian mm-hmm. is it and he says oh it's a christian camp christian who knows that's what he said that's <laughs> yeah, like literally what he said so and i'm like oh, okay okay all right and while i was there you know it was this one week in august 1999 and um i just remember um there was one day it was the second day it was so we got there one day and then the next morning they start out the day said hey just for the start of the day we want to send all you guys back to your camp your um tents and we want you guys just to, you know, pray or read your Bible or connect with God somehow. And I was like, I'm so bored right now. What am I supposed to be doing? And Ryan's like, well, you could try reading your Bible or something. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll try it. And um, and so I opened it up, and that's the first time I read Jesus's words for myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were just very real words. You know, reading them, it was like, whoa, these are these things that this person saying are so true mm-hmm. they're just speaking to my heart and uh so over the course of that week i started opening up my heart to jesus and um the end of that week um i accepted christ and i went from being this really angry prideful person like mm-hmm. pretty overnight to like a kinder person like a patient more patient person i i would mm-hmm. i was swear like crazy before that like from third grade to ninth grade mm-hmm. and i just stopped <laughs> Like I stopped swearing, you know, after like seven years of Mm -hmm. pretty persistent swearing, I could just stop. And uh, I went from being a pretty like, you know, I had friends and stuff, but all of a sudden when I got back to high school, I was like really popular. Um, And the reason I got popular was because um, when you're nice to people, they like you more. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. And it didn't have anything to do with like, God makes you more popular. Just like I was kinder to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all of a sudden they liked hanging out with me more. And yeah. so, um, like God just really changed my character. And so, so, um, so that was one week. That was one week, one week. Dang. And I came home and I told my dad and he's like, Hey, that's great. And he took me to a steak dinner. Yeah. You know, he's okay. like, he didn't believe for himself, but he's like, Hey, that yeah. sounds important. And okay. let's, 
let's go get a steak huh. dinner. And then yeah. I told my mom, I, I got really, I was like, man, that's yeah. what went so well with my dad. I'll tell my mom and I'll maybe I'll like up it a little bit. I'll be like, mom, I made, I, I confess Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I said that to her on the phone and she's oh like, gosh. we will talk about that when you get home. Hmm. Like she was so angry. Mm-hmm. And that basically started in high school, a period of time where I would go to a youth group and, um, we would argue every week about mm-hmm. my involvement in church. Mm-hmm. So, she let you go. Yeah, she let me go. Um, you know, I'm a pretty independent person. That's true. So, <laughs> I I mean, um, it would have been pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And I think my mom knew that much. You know, it, it's also a pretty hard double standard when you're like, like, oh, she, she kind of, I think, was hoping I'd go party with my I was a wrestler, so I think she was mm-hmm. hoping I'd go have parties with my jock friends. Yeah. It's kind of hard double standard to be like, well, if you're going to get, you know, drink or something at this party, <laughs> that'd, be that'd be fine. But I don't want you going to church on Whoa. a Wednesday night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, I mean, she never told me. I wish that you'd go out drinking, but I think she was more inclined for being okay with that or mm-hmm. with me. Like, I don't, I don't know for sure, you know, but she... She was like, I guess I'm going to let him go to church. I mean, she did, I don't know if she really thought about it that much, okay. you know. Um, but that was, I guess, my little bit of an impression there that mm-hmm. she didn't really care about some of those things. But um, but I, I would go to church, and, and it really went to a head when I felt like the Lord was calling me to get baptized. Mm-hmm. And so um, I took a church class about getting baptized. I didn't tell my mom. Mm-hmm. And... And I was like, yeah, I want to get baptized. And so I asked the church to baptize me. And I told my mom, well, hey, I, it's so weird. They got this special Sunday night thing. I think I'm just going to go to this church service. And so I didn't tell her. Yeah. And because I knew she wouldn't let me get baptized. Mm-hmm. And and I got baptized. I came home and I said, hey, mama, yeah, I got baptized tonight. And she's like, what? And she just hit the roof. And, and uh, she we had a huge argument. Um she said a lot of things, and I said a lot of things I wasn't proud of. I said a lot of mean, stupid high schooler things. Um, but the upshot of it was she's like, she was very upset. She ended up being able to cool off, and um, and then she decided she was going to ground me from church for a month. I was only allowed one church service a week that month. Okay, you know, so I was allowed to go once but mm-hmm. not both the sunday or wednesday i could pick okay. one of the two you know and huh. um and she was really really upset about it and um but you know and it was it was hard you know because uh you know the rest of my family didn't really approve of how much time i was spending mm-hmm. um you know nurturing my faith um so my brothers my sister they didn't understand it they were younger than me mm-hmm. but it my family just as a whole wasn't very supportive of my faith. And um, and so I remember feeling that, like, both in this baptism moment and just all through high school. And, you know, ultimately, that was really important to me, like, in the end, because it was like, Jesus just helped me figure out, like, what's the most important thing? Mm-hmm. Um, the cost, the, the the enduring the ridicule, the enduring the the dislike... Um, being different in my house. It was, in the end, it's it's become really empowering mm-hmm. and it's helped me um, 
really come to value courage and um, being faithful mm-hmm. to Christ regardless of um, the costs and that there is a cost to following Jesus and that it's worth it to, to pay. Um, and so those years actually, as much as they were like hard, were very special years. Like for me um, in my faith, like I felt like I was extremely close to Jesus um, in a very, very immature, but just like his presence was very um, present. And so it was, it was pretty powerful. So um, then right at the end of high school, I only applied to be, I want to be a youth pastor. So I only applied to Multnomah Bible College in oh, Portland, wow. Oregon. Yeah. And um, then about um, March, I was like, you know, I don't have a girlfriend. It's my senior year. And so there's this girl, I'd asked her homecoming a few years before. And so I asked this girl out and she's like, yeah. And we started dating and mm-hmm. went to prom and everything. And uh, we started a really serious, like physical relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she was, she wasn't in it as much as I was, but I was like, I'm ready to get married, you know? And mm-hmm. um, so I was just like, and, and I was making all kinds of physical compromises. You know, we didn't have sex, but we were really close to having sex. Mm-hmm. And um, but she was going to Western Washington University. And at the time, Western was extremely hard to get into, Western Washington University was. And uh, so I applied probably like end of April. Oh, dang. Yeah, like yeah. way after the deadline. And I had yeah. ha- I knew, I had friends that had been turned away. Yeah. And I had a 3.6 GPA. It wasn't like awesome, you know. But I was in all these extracurriculars, so I was like, oh, I hope I get in. And I got in, and I took it as like, God wants me to be married to this girl. Oh. Like, that's how I took it. Like, oh, God is oh. like, wants, this is this is the dream. So, Update, that was wrong. Yeah, that, it did. Yeah, right. So, so anyway, so we go through this summer just continuing this relationship. And eventually this relationship ended up becoming pretty, like, like, anxious you know like um we were so physical i didn't know how to express love in any other way or to know how to measure what a good relationship would be like and so um like i'm thinking unless we do physical stuff it's not gonna like she doesn't like me today Mm -hmm. you know or something and so um so we get to my you know opening weeks of school and it gets to this point where i'm like I just need my girlfriend around. Where is she? I need Mm -hmm. to talk to her. And then when I talk to her or maybe I saw her over somewhere, I'd have this immediate like moment of like, there she is. And then I'd be like, I I don't want to talk to her. What would I say? I I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't take, it was just felt like so much pressure. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't want to lose her, but I didn't feel like she was around. Anyway, praise the Lord. She, um, about the second or third week, she broke up with me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great. Didn't take I'm long. so glad she did that. But it's like, yeah, so I moved up there for her and mm-hmm. and I was like, I am, I'm like, what am I even doing here? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I felt like I'd walked away from a calling that the yeah. Lord had for me and really realizing that I had compromised my faith for this mm-hmm. um, relationship. And um, so you figured that out on your own after she broke up with me? After you? she broke up yeah. with me. Oh, okay. yeah. It was like, Okay. Rock bottom. Yeah, rock bottom <laughs> moment. You yeah. know, just feeling yeah. like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the best sense, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so I was like, I'm going to go to Northwest. So I'm getting ready mm-hmm. to. I'm trying to figure out how can I get Northwest University is like, uh, an Assembly of God mm-hmm. college, and not that I'm thinking, far. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, it's in Kirkland, Washington. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm going to go to Bible college. I said I was going to go, okay. and I'm going to go. And um, 
in the meantime, um, about midway through winter, um, I ran into this guy who was playing ping pong, and he seemed like he was on drugs. Like he was like, "Hey man, how you doing?" Like, and we we're like playing ping pong. Like, and he it turned out to be pretty good. Like he killed me. Oh. And I'm like, dude, this high guy just like beat me in ping pong. And I'm like, was this it, in your dorm? Yeah, it was in our dorm. Okay. And I'm like, it's a Friday night. And I'm like, yeah. and I said, to him, yeah, hey, well, where did you come from? And me and my friends are all like, dude, this guy's high as a kite, you know, and like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Actually, I just got done going to this uh, ministry thing. It's uh, called Campus Christian Fellowship. That's what they call the Chi Alpha at mm-hmm. Western Washington University. So, yeah, I just got done going to Chi Alpha. Um, it's a place, and there's like 500 college students that worship mm-hmm. Jesus there. Yeah. And I'm like, and we're all like, Dude, this guy, where does this guy come up with this stuff? That was the first time I'd heard of Chi Alpha. Mm-hmm. And, um, then later I found out, like, actually it's a real place. And yeah. there really were. I thought I thought there was no Christians at Western. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was just a hippie. It's kind of known as a hippie school and so at the time. And, and I was still. like, is it still like that? Yeah, yeah. I so, think so. So I was like, what? There's, you know, mm-hmm. a, a different friend of mine that also went there went. And uh, so it was a girl that was working at the the snacks in the snack bar at the dorm. <laughs> nice. And I was kind of like, maybe this could be my new girlfriend, something, you oh, know? Man. So, and I follow her there and then oh. she was too mature to be good. dragged into anything <laughs> like that. And so, but she, uh, so the girls are always like bad for me in the story, you know, pretty much that's like one thing is the girls. There you go. Are, that's a great theme for yeah, us to pull out yeah, of your testimony. You got to watch out for those, those, uh, romances, oh, man. the romances of death, you know? So, <laughs> Um, but she was not a romance to death, but mm-hmm. she, she was somebody who was like, yeah, I'd love to invite this guy. And she, mm-hmm. she ended up helping me get plugged into Chi Alpha and, Great. and also helped me find a, a Bible study or a core mm-hmm. that was in my dorm that I didn't even know was meeting. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, that guy, Ping-pong guy, he was totally there. Yes. And here's the thing. He just talked like that. <laughs> that was just his life. He just had a high it. demeanor. Like, yeah. he definitely never did drugs. He was just, oh, yeah, yeah man. Oh, yeah, what? You know, it's just, <laughs> that was just kind of how he lived his life. It was yeah. incredible. That's great. It was so bizarre. His name's Sean, and it's like, oh, man, he's so funny. Love it. So, but then um, I got involved in CORE, and, and I found a community that I was just hoping for. And, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't really feel like I had a mentor. I had a... Mm-hmm. I had a youth pastor who really poured in a lot to me more than most of the other kids. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a wrestling coach I really looked up to, um, but not anybody who like, like when it came to like real personal questions or real things I really needed help with, mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody I could just ask questions to, um, kind of looking for the father figure, but cause my dad didn't live with us anymore. And so yeah. I never found that in high school, but when I was in core, not that I found a father figure, but you know, I found these other college students and my Corfa was a guy named JP Mumley. And he, when I had a question about the Bible, he'd be like, well, let's just read that together. And it was just like the kind of like mentorship that I had been looking for, mm-hmm. um, since I had become a Christian and maybe even like the kind of mentorship I was looking for since bef- like when my parents divorced, yeah. you know, just looking for somebody like that. And, um, he's just such a kind, he was only one year ahead of me, mm-hmm. but he just helped me grow in my faith so much. Um, and then the next year I ended up, um, being asked to lead a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up not going to Northwest. I didn't transfer yeah. because I ended up finding a really rich community mm-hmm. and 
I found that um, Jesus has a mission for every single person. It's not just for pastors. Mm-hmm. And, and that even um, I ended up getting a literature degree at mm-hmm. Western, which is the best degree. I know all you science people out here at Oregon State are like, literature, ah, uh, you know, but it's the best. I love literature. You're a literature major. I was a theater major with an, a lot of English classes. A lot of English classes, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. so we had a, so literature is like beautiful. I mm-hmm. love it. And, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, our degrees like literature or business or even like some of the sciences, like, like they can, all that stuff that we learn in the secular university can just transfer into ministry so easily. Mm-hmm. And that all of a sudden it was like, well, I don't need to be like, go to a Christian college mm-hmm. to get ready for ministry. In fact, maybe, maybe being here at a secular college is going to be the best way for me to learn how to do yeah. ministry because in my dorm room, I'd wake up and there's my mission field right there. As soon as I get out of bed, my roommate, he's not a Christian, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, the people across the hall that I'm eating dinner with every night, they're not mm-hmm. Christians. And all of a sudden I have the opportunity to live out my faith. So it, it may be like, maybe I'm not taking a Christian class on the book of Mark, mm-hmm. but I'm able to live out the book of Mark in front of people that don't know Christ. Yeah. And that is way more important than any kind of head knowledge you could get. Mm-hmm. And so that was just an opportunity that I really learned in Chi Alpha while I was there at Western Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was a Corfa my junior year and consequentially, actually that Corfa that I had JP yeah. Mumley, he ended up marrying my wife's sister. <laughs> so we're brother-in-laws now. So hey, you, you never know what's so cool. going to happen with the people in your life, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so we're still just like great friends. He's one of my best yeah. friends. And, I love uh, that. Like even, I mean, you didn't go to Bible college, like God redirected you from that, but then he still met you in all of the ways that you were looking yeah. to have these needs filled. If like, I want to learn more. Absolutely. Here's this mentor figure. Hey, I want to get married someday. Absolutely. Eventually. I mean, you haven't gotten there yet. But yeah, like, no, but God met you there. Yeah. He met me there. You know, I was like yeah. looking for this like romantic relationship. And actually the year I be as a core for my junior year is the year that on my dorm floor. So what happened, how did it go? It was, there's two funny stories about this. It's like, <laughs> okay, so what happened was there was a there was a girl Corfa, mm-hmm. a girl Bible study leader of the same dorm I was in, and she was just down the hall, and I decided now Buchanan Towers. That's where I was my dorm. Mm-hmm. There's like two rooms with a shared like kitchen mm-hmm. and bathroom, so I decided for my roommates to move all the desks into one room and all the beds in another <laughs> instead cool. of like having like two desks and two beds mm-hmm. and two desks and two beds in this common space. I'm just, we're going to have a sleeping room and we're okay. going to have a study room, but they hadn't moved in. Oh, <laughs> I just decided for everybody. That's what oh. we're doing. And so I moved all, right. all this stuff on my own okay. and then I started feeling kind of self-conscious about it. So I went down, this is like a classic story. Like mm-hmm. Mona's like, says so much about everything about yeah. us. So I, I knock on the door mm-hmm. and I'm looking for Kristen because mm-hmm. she's this girl core from like, uh, I'm feeling uncertain about my room. Maybe a girl could, maybe some girl could make me feel better about how I designed my room, you know? <laughs> and so I knock on the door and Kristen's not there, but her roommate is. Mm-hmm. Her roommate, um, Ramona. I'm like, yeah. oh, are you Kristen's roommate? You Ramona. Oh, so nice to meet you. Um, hey, would you want to check out my room? That's like literally <laughs> oh, no. what I said. You want to check out my room? Ooh. And she was like, um, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> 
sure. And I told her this situation. I'm really nervous mm-hmm. about this. I don't know if they're going to like this. So I show him the room. I say, I mean, what do you think? And Ramona says, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a big decision to make for your roommates. I don't, I don't know if they're going to like this. Mm-hmm. And then I said, no, they will. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be good. Oh, no. Hey, thanks for coming over. You know, and she's oh my like, gosh. what the heck is this guy doing? You know? So anyway. He doesn't want my opinion. Yeah. He it's like, why, why did he, what was this even about? You yeah. know? So yeah. anyway. Yeah. She's like, That's always funny. says like, he always acts like, sometimes I don't always, I act, I say something like I'm not confident, but then I'm like, no, 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 I, I'm right. But I, you know, so yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, um, Anyway, so that's how I met Ramona, and um, we were friends, and we served like Jesus together while we're doing, um, like we're going taking our classes. She was a teaching uh, major, and I was a literature major, and we're just taking our classes. But really, we're really thinking about how we can serve Jesus on our floors, and mm-hmm. we just formed a really strong community of people. And um, about halfway through, I decided I didn't want to ask out her roommate. <laughs> and I did, and her roommate Great. turned me down. Good job. Um, good job, Chris. Her roommate was is pretty cool. Her, they're still really good friends. Yeah. And um, it was really good for her to say no, though, for sure. We're not yeah. alike at all. And um, yeah. But then um, go through the rest of the year, and it's like, actually, I think I like Ramona a lot, you know? And so mm-hmm. it was the last week of school, like Dang. spring quarter, like final, like going into the finals. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and I asked her out and she she was like I'd killed her cat like (laughs) she just like got so nervous and angry and like why would somebody ask me out I can't believe somebody would ask me out oh my goodness so she decided to think about it Mm -hmm. she's like I'm willing to think about it okay (laughs) like oh my goodness (laughs) so she thought about it for three months oh geez (laughs) she thought about it for three months okay and her plan was that she was gonna be a an elementary school teacher mm-hmm. and I was at that point planning to be a missionary to Siberia. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, cool. so, and she knows that and I know that and, mm-hmm. and we're doing outreach here, but she was actually done. She wasn't coming back to Western. Yeah. So she left. She was, oh, she's older than me. So she For three went, months were like, I'm graduating and leaving. I'm doing my student teaching and never coming oh, back. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm starting my new life. Cool. And, um, That's so then she went to Wenatchee and, um, at the end of three months, we were on the phone. She's like, yeah, I don't really see this happening. <laughs> and so she right. said no, basically. And and mostly, you know, she says it's like, well, we were going different directions. But really, it's because I wasn't very mature. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the main reason, you know, mm-hmm. which is a good reason. And so um, then when I went through my senior year, she finished her student teaching. Um, and then as I was thinking about doing um, being a missionary to Siberia, as I am graduating, um, the Lord just opened up the opportunity of doing campus ministry. And I really valued the community. Like I had just, I loved all the opportunities I had to serve. I felt like I had grown in my faith to such a degree over the course of those four years. I'd I'd learned how to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. I learned how to do evangelism. I learned how to pray, um, learned how to manage my time. I mean, it just became somebody that was like able, like, if I said I was going to be somewhere, I'd be there, you know, roughly within five minutes, you know, not, not maybe right on time, but, but, you know, I was like generally responsible with my time. And, and so much of that was just from my time in Chi Alpha. And, um, 
and a lot, I knew a lot of people that had done the internship that ended up doing foreign missions. The Chi Alpha internship? Yeah, mm-hmm. they did the Chi Alpha internship, and then they would go into foreign missions. And so mm-hmm. I thought, I think actually this is the way to go. And the internship was just supposed to be this amazing time of, like, learning how to read the Bible better, just learning how to grow in your ability to missions. And, and I had wanted to go to a Bible college, and this seemed mm-hmm. so similar. And honestly, yeah. after getting my master's degree at, like, a— a Christian school, um, mm-hmm. I would definitely put an internship like a, the CM, we call it the CMIT or the mm-hmm. Chi Alpha internship. It's like, it's, it's as good. It's, it's as good. That's great. Yeah. Or it's, it's like maybe a little less book knowledge, mm-hmm. but like way more practical, practical knowledge yeah. of how to do ministry. Like it's like yeah. out of the park better. So, I think I would echo that. Like we, while I was an intern, there there was a group that came up from Northwest to visit and see what Chi Alpha at Western was like. Um, and these guys are like, whoa, so you're like, you've actually learned things and you're on the ground meeting with people. Yeah. And it was just so different from their experience. And they're like, oh, this is, this is legit. This is yeah. where it's at. Um, and they were just so bewildered, honestly, yeah. by what they saw. Yeah. It was just so out of their realm of experience. And I'm yeah. like, Dang, you guys are missing out. Yeah, like, definitely. you got to live it out practically. This is yeah. great. So I was in a master's class, and one person was talking about, like, what's wrong with the church? Like, why are people not coming to church? Or, And he was like, I think the main reason is because the way that we celebrate communion. We're just not what? prioritizing communion every week, and we're not teaching into it rightly. Hmm. I think that's the reason why we're failing in our culture. And I'm thinking, I think the reason we're failing our culture is because we're not like Christians aren't talking to non-Christians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they don't know what to say and they don't yeah. know how to engage with people and no that aren't like them. them. No one's ever taught them. And yeah. so um or people don't aren't really like more and more people in our culture don't know how to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Even Christians yeah. don't know how to read the Bible or what's in the Bible. And so like these are core things that I know because I'm in touch with our world. Right. But when you go to like Sometimes you go to a Christian college, you can get kind of wrapped up in the Christian mm-hmm. world. And I don't think this guy's suggestion was him trying to be like dismissive. It was just he was unaware. Yeah. Just out of touch. Yeah. And so um, so anyway, I did the, the campus ministry internship. Well, and so I'm thinking, OK, I'm going to do this internship. Then I'm going to go to Siberia. Mm-hmm. Well, Ramona, meanwhile, did her student teaching and she cried every day that she taught. Like she would go in oh. for student teaching. She cried every day. Oh. Um, she hated it. Oh. She hated it. She passed it, mm-hmm. but she hated it. And it, it was so clear that she wasn't going to be a teacher mm-hmm. that, you know, for their closing interview, her supervisor asked her with no malice. Mm-hmm. It was just purely questioning. Mm-hmm. So, so what are you going to do next? <laughs> yeah. Because she yeah. knew it's not teaching. I can't do that. Yeah. And, and yeah. I was like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And she just got her degree in teaching. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically useless because she's like, I don't, right? I'm not doing <laughs> that. <laughs> so, yeah. so she, but at the same time, she did want to give it year back because she really valued um, Chi Alpha also. So she signed up for the internship and then we did our internship together. Mm-hmm. And um, that was just such a rich year. So many of my closest friends come from that year. And um, um, 
I learned a lot about growing in my faith, and it was really encouraging. Going into that year, I had talked to my mom. Now, my mom, when I went to Western, she was like so excited. She's like, oh, he's going to learn what life is about, and he's not really, he's not going to do ministry anymore. He's going to become a teacher or something, and this Christian thing is going to be kind of a phase. Hmm. Um, well, so I decided, I told her, I'm going to do the ministry, intern, this ministry internship, going to ministry, mm-hmm. and... Um, on the, she said, you know, nobody, you know, we raise our support, right? She said, nobody's going to support you. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to raise the money to do this. Well, I, the Lord helped me raise the money to do it. And, mm-hmm. and not very many people from my family supported me. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it was just my dad, um, my godparents mm-hmm. and my grandma were the only, um, financial support that yeah. we received. Um, and my grandma on my, on my dad's side mm-hmm. that first year. Um, and, but the Lord did, he still raised my support. And, um, and so then she drove me up and on the drive up to Bellingham for my internship, she said, I feel like you've wasted the college that I've like helped pay for you to have. Mm-hmm. And, um, so now we're just like, okay, we're in a new level of stress here um with my family and so um really didn't appreciate where i was going with my life didn't think ministry was going to work out um but the lord just just continued to provide for me and um eventually ended up asking the lord um i felt like called by the lord to pioneer new ministries Mm -hmm. so i started a ministry at skagit valley college which is a community college just 30 minutes south of um western in a town called mount vernon and so I started this ministry um, my, as a second-year intern, um, just on my own. I just mm-hmm. went down there and tried to make a student group, and yeah. um, ended up serving, ended up being able to come on staff and serve there for another ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, in that time, you know, I did my internship with Ramona. I asked her out the year after, and um, then about two years later, we got married. And, uh, and then we ended up having kids. And over the course of that time, my mom saw that God took, was taking care of me. And my family um, was like a very responsible, normal family. Like my Ramona was really kind. I think she was <laughs> expecting somebody like crazy, some kind of crazy Bible yeah. lady, you know, like she, yeah. but Ramona's really kind. And, and Ramona really like, adopted our family she was said this is my this is my family and so she got really invested and um and i think these spoke such big things to my mom and the rest of my family it was just really powerful mm-hmm. and so so god just all of a sudden was getting a lot of street cred like well he's taking care of my kids like mm-hmm. he's taking care of my son like he must there must be something so my family i think respects power a lot mm-hmm. like strength and um all of a sudden, God was showing that He was very strong, and and a lot of my family ended up becoming starting to warm up mm-hmm. to um, to Jesus, and to the point where you know most of my family has supported me mm-hmm. um, in my ministry. My mom was supporting me um, yeah. for the last several years of her life, and um, were they asking questions or more like, "Hey, we just support what you're doing." We just support what you're doing. Like, yeah. they, they came to a point where they were like. We see what you do is valuable, and we mm-hmm. want to be on your team, okay. and we and we really want to 
we want to bless you too. Like mm-hmm. we want to be on your team. And so they, mm-hmm. you know, they just, they came to a place of kindness about it. And um, my grandma who like for so many years, like was really pro-Christian, but you know, hadn't gone to church for a long mm-hmm. time. My Ramona ended up um, inviting her to go to BSF, which is called Bible Study Fellowship. Mm-hmm. And she just started reading the Bible and it really spoke a lot to her. So she either like revitalized her faith or found her faith mm-hmm. through that. And my siblings, um, in the, like sometime after me going to college, all confessed Jesus at one point. Yeah. Um, right at the, right, like about three or four years ago, um, I had a number of conversations with my dad, um, but he also got in a relationship with a, where he started dating a girl who was a very serious Christian. And mm-hmm. through that relationship, maybe through a couple questions, but also through like some searching that, you know, the Lord was doing in his heart, um, he ended up coming to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, and so that was just like three years ago. And um, so, so our family is really embracing Jesus over, you know, a period of 12 years. Wow. Um, so now, so now being a Christian is not like a, in my family, it was a thing that I was the only one and we don't like it mm-hmm. to, to now like Jesus is at least very respected. Mm-hmm. Um, if not all my family is Christian, like mm-hmm. he's at least very respected and, um, mm-hmm. and people are pretty thoughtful about, well, a lot of people here are Christians, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it's, yeah. it's been cool to see how God has, has done that in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we ended up having four kids and I was kind of nervous about having kids. Cause I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't, I didn't feel like, how do I raise kids? Like my parents clearly had some level of dysfunction to get mm-hmm. divorced. And then how am I going to raise my kids? I, mm-hmm. my dad wasn't around the last five years and so I'm stressed about it. But, um, the Lord was just very like telling me like, I'm going to help. I'm, he said, I am your true father. I'm your true mother. I'm your true family. I'll teach you how to do this. And not that my parents were like horrible teachers of what mm-hmm. it is to be a father and mother. Yeah. It's just, I think that's probably true for every family. Right. Right. God we, is still uh, the better parents. God is still the best time. parent. But I felt <laughs> yeah. especially nervous about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I just felt like the Lord said, you know, we need to have courage. You need to have courage and trust that I'm going to show you how to do this. And mm-hmm. and I was talking, there was a person I was asking for, a, a pastor I was asking for support um, for one time. And he's like, so are you nervous about everything? Everything going good? And I just kind of felt like the Lord said, just share with him this mm-hmm. nervousness. And he said, you know what's so great about having kids? He said, when you have a child, that baby, he's you could just put that baby in the middle of the room and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Because <laughs> brand new babies, they can't move. They just can lie on their back and cry. You know, it's yeah. like, that's, that's all they can do, you know? It's like, you know, after a few months, they'll, they'll learn to turn over. Mm-hmm. And then you got to figure that out. <laughs> and then after a few months, they're going to start crawling. Then you got to figure that out. And you can mm-hmm. start walking and you've got to mm-hmm. figure that out. And he said, God is so gracious that he gives us 10 months, even nine to 10 months to prepare for them just to sit there (laughs) and then he gives us time to think and so it's just like he's gonna show us he's gonna god will walk with us and help us in the midst of it and he he'll be there Mm -hmm. and just really powerful 
thing. And um, so then um, I served at Skagit. We we built up this ministry. Um, it's a it's it's you know it's a community college of about four thousand. The ministry would fluctuate between like thirty to fifty people or mm-hmm. so over the course of ten years. And um, and after I felt like you know I felt like the Lord called me to be there for ten years to really start a strong foundation. But then that I was supposed to go somewhere else, mm-hmm. and the opportunity came to re-pioneer this campus at um, Oregon State University. And so we prayed about it and. We said yes, and then we started gathering a team, and then we moved down here. And then that same year that we were moving down here, um, around November, my mom, um, it was Thanksgiving, my mom had um, serious back pain, so she went to the hospital, and I ended up flying down because she was like, it sounds like it's a lot worse than just mm-hmm. back pain. And flying to I flew down to Austin, Texas, Texas, where she had moved to at this point in time. Okay. And it turned out she had pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And pancreatic cancer is the kind of cancer that once they find, it's basically like, it's a little too late, typically. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the case with my mom. And so we didn't know that at the time. Like, there was always a lot of like... I, this could be very hopeful. This mm-hmm. might not be very hopeful. We just don't know, you know. And yeah. um, so, over the course of time, like uh, I made many trips down to Austin, Texas, to be with her in the midst of her treatment. I think I went down that one time, and then she had surgery. So I guess uh, three times total mm-hmm. while she lived there. The, the third time was we didn't know if she was going to live anymore. She she went to the hospital, and so, but over that course of time. Um, the Lord was just talking to me about talking to her. And I had a few opportunities to really share with her that I can, was concerned um, for her faith and where she was with Jesus. And mm-hmm. um, and then it it happened like we all, she um, she thought it, got, it looked really serious there. And so we went down, we went down, we took our whole family to visit her in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my siblings flew in from wherever they were mm-hmm. to come and be with her. I mean, like, um, I think my sister flew in from the Netherlands. Yeah. You know, and um, and she turned out to be fine. She, I mean, fine. She was still dying, but she, she didn't die, you know. Yeah. And so we had like a rich week and a half, about a rich week as a family together where we had mm-hmm. to go and visit her at the hospital every day. Um, and then about a week later, she went to the hospital again and a nurse, which the doctors, I I don't know if she told the doctors not to tell her how it was really going or Mm. not, but my mom didn't really want to hear like Mm. where things were going. And, um, this, she was like, well, I'm trying to get this experimental treatment. And this nurse was like, you know, you, you need to be applying for hospice. Hmm. Like you're not you're not making this out of you're mm-hmm. not making it out of this and it was the that was the okay. day it was a Sunday where where this nurse just leveled with my mom and said mm-hmm. this is not curable mm-hmm. and she um that was the day she figured out she was gonna die and um, I heard about that conversation and I called up my mom and um, I. I just talked to her about, um, you know, what how things were going. She was pretty rattled, mm-hmm. and um, I just had the opportunity to ask ask her um, 
you know, Mom, would you want to, you know, this doesn't have to be the end for you and you can choose to follow Jesus, you know, and mm-hmm. he, he has a life for you beyond this. And she just, she agreed that she just wanted to say yes to Jesus. And I, and I asked her if I could lead her in a prayer and, and I, I prayed with her and, um, she couldn't finish the prayer because mm. she just started just crying so mm. much. And I, I really felt like it had to do with a relief. Like her tears were like tears of relief. And, um, over the next few days I had a few conversations with her and she'd just talk about like, yeah, I feel so different. Thank Thank you, Christian, for praying for me. This meant so much. And, um, but every conversation got less and less. It was five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and then three minutes mm-hmm. and then about, a, yeah. So about a week after I prayed, she was able to fly up to, um, Lake Stevens to live with my brother mm-hmm. and my brother's like you should probably come up here I don't know how it's going to be so I we went up there and uh, she lasted about five more days mm-hmm. and then she passed away and and while we were there she couldn't have a conversation more than three words mm-hmm. so she just lost her ability to speak so um, that, that opportunity to pray with her was one of the last real conversations I got to have with her um, yeah. And so that was about three years ago. And, and since then we've just been serving the Lord faithfully here, getting to know OSU students, um, slowly, but surely building, trying to build the ministry, trying to teach and disciple students to reach out to other students. Um, even in the midst of a crazy pandemic, which was their second year here. So, you know, so, um, yeah. so lots of weird up and ups and downs, but mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. That's a lot. Yeah, it was, fun. It was <laughs> fun. I don't know if I said I've got four kids, too. Oh. Yeah, I've got yeah, four kids. Important. So Faye, she's 10, mm-hmm. Eva, 8, um, Anne, 6, and Levin, who's 4. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So they're adorable. They're four other little adventures, too. So. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's my little life in a nutshell. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Christian. Yeah. That was good. If you, man, if you had to sum up like what you've learned about walking with God, what would you say? I think, you know, I was just thinking about like in the last few years, I've, you know, a couple, many, about 10 years ago, Ramon and I like, maybe not 10 years ago, maybe like seven years ago, Ramon and I like, we went to this idea of like figuring out our values and stuff. And one value that kind of rose to the top for both of us was like courage and um recently somebody asked me like what's what's what do you think the most important um you know trait in life is and i just absolutely believe it's courage and um and i think that the lord um has just said to me in my life like it's so important to have courage for the next step and that courage isn't um like courage is something you need in the midst of difficulty. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you know, thinking about starting my faith in my family where it wasn't very much support. It was hard, but having the courage to say yes to Jesus actually was a very meaningful time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, every, every time I've said yes to Jesus, not in a sense of like, yeah, I'll do that. But in a sense of like, I'm going to have the courage to say yes to what you're going to, what you want me to do. Um, he's always, it's always been a rich reward. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm almost now to the point where I'm like addicted of to to like do something crazy. Like mm-hmm. like I want to do something courageous because I know that like that's where the Lord is going to be. Mm-hmm. And and then you know looking through the Bible and seeing how um, how Jesus uses people with courage. Mm-hmm. And so I think in a, in a nutshell, really quick sentence is that you know. The call to, to follow Jesus is a call to be courageous, mm-hmm. courageously devoted to God. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. Let's end there. Um, Christian, thank you so much for sharing about how God has worked in your life and also for helping make this podcast possible, not just today, but also all the time and telling me to do it, so thanks. <laughs> you doing a good job. Oh, thanks. Yeah, um, if you're out there listening, we hope this episode encourages you as you walk with God to have more courage. Uh, feel free to email us with comments, questions, or topic suggestions at social at OregonStateXA.com, or you can reach out to one of us in person. Have a great week, and remember, having the courage to follow Jesus means that God can bring hope into our lives and our families' lives as well. 